Hello and welcome to the SBNY podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host. Today's a very good day for the Yankee fans because you live to see another game. We got Luis Severino coming back for Game 5. Great win for the Yanks last night. In the house with me today is Alec Argento to talk about this Yankees win, amongst other things. What's up, man? Oh, I'm happy. And sad, too, because of two teams. Oh, the, Gi- the Giants. Yeah, we'll talk. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Yankees, though. You're not sad about the Yankees. No, I'm very happy about the Yankees. Well, I'm also... I'm torn on that, too. You know what? We'll, 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 we'll dove into it. All right. I, I feel like you should be happier. I was actually getting a little nervous watching the game with you. That if <laughs> Araldis Chapman blew the game in the ninth inning, that you would have been not fun on this podcast. Well, Can I have a little fun with you? It wouldn't have been fun you? for you. It would have been fun for the listeners, I think. It would have been really awkward and contentious. And, you know. <laughs> it, would, it would have been a bad, a bad sight, to say the least. Well, good thing they can't say it. That, that's great. That's right. The Yankees won. one nothing. Arales Chapman got five outs. More than three. So, good day for the Yankees. Got now another game to live. But we're going to talk more than just Yankees today. Obviously, we have the week five of the NFL, which took place. The Giants are now officially 0-5. Tied with the Browns for the worst team in football. Uh, the Jets won and will battle the New England Patriots for first place in the AFC East next next week. Are the Jets good? I don't know. Ooh, it's a good question. Keep that debate going on as long as they're hovering around 500. That's true. We're going to get into it. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. Also, NFL Week 5 just about in general. Some cool stuff going on. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, how, how awesome is that guy? He's a man, man. For real. And we're going to throw in a little Nick tidbit. Tonight, because the Knicks played the Nets in a preseason game, which is irrelevant. But just thinking about a few things regarding New York basketball, regarding the Knicks and the Nets, and what we can expect uh, in this upcoming season. It's not going to be all bad, but it's going to be rooted in mostly not great basketball. Yeah, it's weird, like, going into this knowing it's it's supposed to be bad. Yes. It's like tough to, tough, tough pill to swallow. You need to set your expectations low so you can enjoy this not great basketball with young athletic people, right? Like I, 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 you know, I'm going through this right now with the Giants. Like I don't know what it's like to watch a team knowing there's no shot you're gonna like be competitive this year. Well, you're talking about football teams. Well, I'm talking about just sports. Like I always root for a team with with high hopes. You know, I saw myself that they're gonna be a Super Bowl championship, or World Series winner, whatever. So can't do that with the Knicks. This before year. we get back into the Yankees, because obviously we're gonna get to that first. And things. I think that's uh, topic number one. Well, let me ask you this. Sure. Are you one of those Knicks fans who's trying to convince yourself they're a seven seed? I, I've been trying, been trying, not succeeding. Yeah, you know, at least you're not succeeding. No, no, this is the first. But that's what I'm saying. It's I'm I'm so used to trying and figuring out a way that I could sell myself on the team. Can't do it this year. Because before Melo got traded, you were selling me on the Knicks being a playoff team. Yeah, they're gonna screw around and get a six seed or seven seed. Yeah, that's what you were saying. I didn't totally agree with you, but now you're you're not on that train. I'm out. He he'll he because he on the Knicks will win you. 15, 20 games. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I agree with you to a very good extent. But we're going to get into that later. I think it's time to talk about the Yankees, right? Sure. All right, so let's go off the bat. Nice. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I thought of that one all day. Uh, let's go off the bat with, I want to mention a guy named Greg Bird, right? So I'm, I had mentioned to you earlier, uh, I think it was the, maybe the first game of the playoffs, the wild card game. I thought Greg Bird was going to have his pinstripe moment. Going to earn a few stripes in that game. I mean, he had a, he's had been doing fine during the playoffs, but he had that home run that literally won Game Three, keeps the Yankees alive. A couple days. Is he is, is he just ingrained? Is he is he one of your guys already? Like, I mean, he had such a weird season. He's so tough. I, I'm thinking, you know, ever since he they, they were trying to figure out what that injury was all year, and they just decided to take a bone out. And I thought it was probably like a placebo effect. You know, just take that extra bone you don't need in your foot somehow. Um, but he's been killing it ever since then. And I think he's a. Uh, it's hard though because he's never played a full season and he might not ever. Uh, but you know, he looks like he's going to be our first baseman again. But he's getting older. He's still not had a full year under his belt. But he he was it was awesome just watching that dinger. It it was like six hundred feet high. <laughs> How awesome was it since I was you know manning the remote and happened to be <laughs> switched on to Chiefs Texans at the moment. Oh my God, Pete Pete was over the house and I, I you know we knew we were going to do the podca- podcast today and. He's watching this meaningless Texans, uh, um, Texans, uh, uh, I can't think of the other Chiefs. Chiefs game. It's not meaningless when you could win money on it, Alex. Oh, so you're just admitting that you're doing illegal things. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, you know, that's how they got Al Capone from a podcast. Oh, yeah? yeah. That's, how they, that's how they solved the mystery. <laughs> I heard Pablo Escobar, too. He was giving away some good strategy. No, idiot. He was a drug dealer. Ah, damn. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was uh, in a trailer of Narcos. Him with, like, a radio. Could have sworn. Um... 
but yeah, I, I'm I'm super stoked. Which is funny because I was telling Pete, I was with Pete all weekend. We we were talking about how upset I was after that game two loss, and that's all I could think of. It was just it was just taking up every bit of my headspace, all my mental real estate uh, for the past couple days. And now it's like kind of a race, but then as soon as they win, I'm all hyped up. I'm I'm thinking we should be up two one right now. And we all know it's not a series until somebody wins on the road. So, so um, yeah, that's correct, and that means this is no. It's not a series. It's yet. not a series yet. Not at all. So, <laughs> a this is not a series. B, this is something that Yankee fans have been upset about. Uh, so you say you know you, you're not supposed to win the games on the on the road. You didn't, but you had chances to. And there has been a real real outcry about Joe Girardi's managerial uh, decisions in Game Two. Now I have been a firm Girardi defender. This entire season, and I still will in the long grand scheme of things. I'm not going to defend what he did specifically on right. game two, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm still going to back Joe Girardi nine times out of ten. Do you think there's any real fair reasoning for Girardi to actually deserve to be fired? And do you think these fans have a, no. a reason to cry this hard? I've been saying that this the Yankee fans are the worst fans in, in baseball, and you know. Uh, I, I I like to think I'm not one of them. I probably am, but you're sometimes. But I, you I are sometimes. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. But, not all the time. <laughs> but you know, the, the Yankee fans tend to forget what got us to this point. It's always been like that. Everyone always hated on A Rod for not being clutch when he was an MVP and got us to the playoffs those years, and you know, didn't hit in the ALDS or whatever it was. Um, booing Severino, whatever it is. You don't win that wild card game without Joe Girardi, so you don't get to get angry at that game if it wasn't for Joe Girardi. That being said, that was one of the worst managerial uh, exposures I've ever seen in my life. That was and from, and it's not everyone's focusing on the not challenging the call. I don't know that that call even gets uh, reversed. That it was doing it might have been inconclusive because it did look like it hit his hand. And I don't even know the ruling on if you know. I know a, a, a swing supersedes the. Uh, I mean the pitch, a swing supersedes whatever supersedes the hits back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I think that uh, I think that top to bottom by le- taking out CC. After he had just retired twelve of his last thirteen, pinch running for Torres when Todd Frazier was on fire, he was I think he had three hits that night, and Torres gets picked off immediately. Every button he pre- pressed that game backfired on him. So, yeah, I mean you're you're right. Here's a tweet actually from one of our own at SportsBlogNewYork.com. Obviously, that's a place you can find this podcast as well as great content on a bunch of stuff. But one of our guys at SportsBlog New York, Joe Calabrese, he's been on the podcast before. He put a tweet out. And he basically put a couple of check marks. I'm going to read them off to you, and you tell me how you feel about each of them, right? Sure. So he said, first off, not leaving CCN. Uh, it's pretty agreeable there that he should have stayed in. He was actually dominating the game. He looked fantastic. Girardi went with his book and said, i got to take him out now. I took him out now. It happened. It sucked. But you can say it's not a good decision in the long run. And then pushing green for, to go too long. That's another one. Not challenging the foul tip. That's one you just brought up. Leaving Robinson in, leaving Batances in. Five reasons right there why the loss is squarely on Joe Girardi, according to Joe Calabrese. Is that all fair statements no, there? That's everything that I focused on. Oh, and you also got to give a little bit. It's hard to. Todd Frazier is another person you got to go back and forth with because he had two errors that resulted in unearned runs for CC in the first two innings. Right. But he also had those singles and everything like that. So uh, the, the, the pretty uh, math and some runs in there. So you're, you're a Yankee fan who's upset and annoyed by Girardi occasionally, but overall you like him, right? I think he's a top five manager in the, in the league, without a doubt. So with all these people screaming for his job, and like I said, I've been adamant saying you people are ridiculous for saying he should be fired. Now there's this weird, this real tangible rush of fire Joe Girardi going on with Yankee fans. And maybe, maybe you know, we're recording this podcast Sunday night. Maybe on Monday morning I'm going to look on Twitter while people are listening to this podcast and be like, oh, maybe Girardi's fine. Like, he actually did a good job. I don't feel that coming from these Yankee fans. I feel a really adamant hate about him, and I think it's ridiculous. Do you think a one game in a playoff where he messes up can really sway him that much? Like, where, 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 do you, where do you land on this? Where were we in the beginning of the year? Did we ever think we were going to be in this point this year? I mean, I, I agree. I totally agree. And, and you don't get that with just any manager. It takes a special kind of manager to corral young talent like Joe Girardi has always been able to do his entire career. He gets players to go extra for him. And, you know what, he admitted it was his fault. You know, he, he was a hand-up guy on this one. And you don't get that a lot with managers. You know, the, the, a lot of them will say, well, I went with the numbers or whatever. He said, no, I was wrong. I was wrong. I, I, I played this wrong. This one's on me. Uh, and, and, you know, we move on to the next one. And, you know, that really helps the players, too, when, you know, they know that the, their manager is held accountable. 
that they can relate to him and he becomes, you know, more endeared to the team, I think. Yeah, and Sportsblog New York's Twitter, at Sportsblog NYC, tweeted out last night, or for us tonight, but for us listeners, last night, he said, that game two meltdown is now even more sickening. Yankees should be up 2-1 in the series. Absolutely. I mean, playing that game is a, it's a blessing and a curse because you could look back so simply and say, oh, well, if Girardi didn't do that yesterday, we win yesterday, we win today, now we're 2-1. But things don't happen like that. That's not a real way to look at something. You yeah, can never the assume... the of the foregone conclusion. Yeah, right. like you can't, you can't assume that because now you won game one. All those pitchers pitch different. Who comes in? Who, yeah. Who's in the lineup? You, you feel different about everything. It's just such a ridiculous game to play for me. And it's going to be played all day on the radio today. Yeah. And, um, and probably no, I, until I, the news comes back for the next game. No, absolutely. Well, it's going to be out tomorrow. So it can't well, be thank God. My point is I couldn't take two days of hypothetical land baloney about Joe Girardi and the Yankees I, should be up 2-1. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. How do you feel about Sevy tomorrow? I feel great about Severino. Yeah, you tomorrow. think he's going to have a yeah. good outing? I think he should have a good outing. I mean, I'm not going to expect him to go seven plays innings. Be- well, he plays better on the road. Zero than, runs, but. plays better on the road than he plays at home when he, play, he throw up a, a stinker on the, uh, in the wild card game. I, I think he plays well. I'm just kind of you know, gauging you on this one. I, I think there's no reason to, to be upset. It's kind of like that thing with Odell Beckham Jr. last year. It was like he went on the boat. People freaked out. So no, I disagree. I think it's totally different. Wait, no, hear me <laughs> out. Hear me out. Hear me out. So people freaked out, and then it got into the head of the player, and you can say that it messed him up. Now, you know, Severino went out and threw out a dud. Yeah? But we're throwing him back out there. So, basically, if he has a good game, you can say, oh, clearly it didn't affect him. Meanwhile, he might be shaking in his boots, yeah. and he just had, happens to have a good game. Right. Or if he does bad, oh, well, it must have been in his head. Like, you don't know again. You know, like, oh, I got one more. What actually play. affects him is up in the air. What's his leash looking like? His leash is looking the same as everybody else. He's not going past seven. Uh, see, I disagree. I oh no, I'm not saying pass it out. The first three games of the series, uh, for, uh, well, I'm sorry, the wild card game in the first two games, the starters had a short leash. As soon as he saw any type, type of trouble, but I, I was telling you this before. You know, there's there's a chance Severino in the wild card game. If you leave him out there, I'm not saying it would have happened, but how many times do we see a pitcher throw up three runs in the first inning and then just blank him for the rest of the game? It happens a lot. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that there's a chance that, you know, you, you, I think you should leave him in. You shouldn't deplete your bullpen because, you know, if by some miracle we win tomorrow uh, with Sevy on the mound, game five, you need everyone at full capacity. If you can get eight innings somehow out of Severino, uh, but you take him, it said you take him out because of uh, uh, because you, you want to play the matchups or something like that, you shouldn't be doing that. And it's gonna, just going to affect the game, four, uh, game five uh, and probably the rest of the players if you somehow make it past that. Yeah, so my whole point with that is whatever narrative you want to buy into, you're going to buy into. No one's going to listen to me here and say that because of what I, what I, uh, because of what I said, they're not going to say Severino was thinking about that bad start in the wildcard game. But what annoys me is that the outcome will just change the narrative to whatever's convenient, right? right. So if he does well, oh, he did such a great job overcoming that wildcard performance. And if he does average, no one even cares. So what, what, is actually, what does it actually do? I mean, these pitchers do this all year long. They have bad outings, and they and they come back. So yeah, you can say it's heightened in this situation, obviously being an elimination game. But I'm not going to buy into the, the narrative that Severino can't come back out and to put out a good performance. I'm just not going to get get into that. What's your prediction for tomorrow? Um, I think the Yankees can extend it again. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Is Salazar pitching to you now? Or is it Bauer? I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't know. You're gonna have to stick with SBNY Twitter at Sportblog NYC. Yeah. They're pretty pretty good with updating that Twitter with the lineups and whatnot. So definitely stay in touch with that. I mean, what else can you really say about the game tonight? Go Yanks. Go Yanks, right? I mean, you, if you see Bauer again, it doesn't make you feel good. But then again, you can flip that same narrative and say, "Oh, we already saw him. Maybe we're gonna be able to get him this time." So it, it depends. That's why we love baseball in the playoffs. Matt Holliday get a sniff the lineup at any point in this uh, <laughs> this playoffs. Matt Holliday might get a pinch hit appearance, but I still doubt that as well. I, I like I I'd like them to stop putting Elberry out there. He's not a playoff player since he's been on the Yankees. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of tough, especially with the great second half he closed out with. Yeah. I mean, he well, was, was on fire. Teams. He was on fire for a little bit. So do you have a prediction? My prediction doesn't doesn't I think matter. They, I think they lose tomorrow, unfortunately. But uh, I, I I like to be wrong. I mean, they you know if you could if you could put up uh, what do they put up six runs or uh, against Kluber? Yeah. yeah. If you could put up six runs against Kluber, you could put up you could put up six runs against anyone. That's the truth, man. That's why we gotta wait and see. I mean, you 
you obviously back the MLB. You're a huge Yankee guy. You've been on this team. You never, you never haven't been on the team. So for me, I'm excited because there is more playoff baseball, and I'm just still hoping for the Yankees Red Sox to somehow meet. That's all I want. <laughs> it's not gonna I, happen. It's, it's so weird. It's not gonna happen. I know, but like, obviously, I'm, I just if, if the Yankees Red Sox meet. First of all, that's the Yankees' best shot at getting to the World Series by some divine you know intervention. We we, we can uh, get to the ALCS. We own the Red Sox this year. We absolutely own them, and the rivalry is officially back on. If that happens, it's closed. It's right there. And what I'm going to say is, as not a Yankee fan, and as this being the Sports Blog New York podcast, if the Yankees are out, there's a really strong chance there's no more baseball talk, and talk like the rest of this year. We'll probably talk the World us? Series yeah. from that's being my podcast. Yeah. yeah, You're not going to be seeing too much baseball talk if the Yankees get eliminated. Uh, maybe, you know, if the Cubs-Indians rematch. We're, I'll, honestly, World Series we'll probably talk about no matter what. You still going to be boys with MLB writer Joe Trezor? Oh, I was going to, I was going to throw <laughs> that up as well. Unless we get him on. Because if okay. he comes on, I, he just runs an episode. He, he's super interesting. He's around these players. He has great stories. So if he comes on, different story. <laughs> but if no, no Joe Trezzo or no like legit guest here, maybe we'll, we'll talk about the World Series. That's okay. it. That's about it. Uh, that's why we got to talk about some other stuff, too. The NFL football week has been really uh, another interesting one. As the Pittsburgh Steelers lose to the Jaguars, you have the Giants at 0-5. The Ravens come out against the Raiders and score 14 points in like two minutes and run away. Seahawks beat Rams. Packers come back and beat the Cowboys. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL. But I feel we have to start in the place of misery with the New York Football Giants. Oh, sure. You want me to start it? No. <laughs> I want to remind people, this is the Sports Block New York Podcast. I'm Tim <laughs> Kennedy. Joined here at Alec Argento. Of course, this podcast is on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, app, Google Play. You already know all of that, hopefully. Of course, SoundCloud as well. But last but not least, if you like what you've been hearing, if you like the SBNY podcast, and if you like the NBA Outsiders podcast, which you can hear later this week, go to iTunes, leave a little rating, leave a review. We love to hear back from you. We actually just got a rating the other day from a man by who goes by the name of Bryn. Oh, Bryn. How would you pronounce that? It was B-R-I-N with some numbers and whatnot. Bryn numbers and whatnot. It was like Bryn 0893 or some stuff. I forget. I don't have uh, maybe, it maybe, up maybe those numbers are supposed to be letters, like... Like the zero is an O. Bruno, uh, maybe Bruno. There's, yeah, there's like Bruno Mars. Like <laughs> is that what you're? Like Bruno Mars. <laughs> Bruno Mars is doing a big thing soon. Some big uh, the Apollo. Is that a thing? Six of sports. Is that a thing though? The Apollo. You ever heard of it? Yeah. No. Well, the review said from, from a guy named Bryn. I really appreciate it. He said uh, subject line judge podcast. So we did that podcast about Aaron Judge about he being possibly MVP. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Yeah, you weren't there. <laughs> He said, I already knew that Ant, our guest that day, knew his stuff. And Pete won me over in 20 minutes. See that, Alec? I won him over in 20 minutes. He said, awesome podcast. 12 out of 10 would listen again. Hashtag all rise. So, Bryn, you're out there listening. You should be a happy camper that the Yankees have. Game four. Coming up tonight. Maybe Bryn should convince me because I've been friends with you for like eight years now. You've never convinced me once of your points. What would I have to do in a 20-minute time span to, to you know, admit, get you on my side? Just admit that I'm right. And then we're good. Right about what? Everything. You're not right about everything. Wrong. <laughs> See, this is where the disconnect comes from. You know what you said? What? You said the Yankees were going to lose game one and then beat Kluber. I, I was so close. And almost exactly with the prediction. If Joe let him out for, game se- for, for inning seven, I said one earned run in seven innings. It was one, it was one inning away. One inning away. Guess third. what doesn't count in so close? Joe Girardi. <laughs> no. Wrong. <laughs> he counted very much so, actually. <laughs> you losing. That's what counts. <laughs> Oh, that would have been a great prediction. How about how about my near prediction on the first game of the wild card? Oh, the wild card game. I said home, yeah. run, home run from the Twins in the first inning, and then the Yankees shut him out and come back and win. That's how you I was said. close. That's how you said. You I said, said Severino. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the big difference. You said I said Severino shuts him down, and the Yankees come back. And I also said three one. Obviously, it wasn't three one, but it was close. It was a good job, us, right? Yeah. Anyway, sportsblogger.com. Pete Kennedy, Alex Argento. Who? I just called you Alex. Who? <laughs> I really, for who? For what? I don't think I've ever called you Alex before. That, that happens. Just, uh, my grandma. I think my parents told me that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's identity crisis every day of my life. I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that. You know who else has an identity crisis? The Giants. They have no idea who they are, especially now. Losers. We're losers. No Odell Beckham. No Sterling Shepard. No Brandon Marshall. And they couldn't beat the Chargers when they had the lead in the bag Oof. in the fourth quarter. It's never in the bag. It's never in the bag with the Giants. This is this is two years ago, Giants, when they find a way to lose every game. It's impressive, the fact that they're losing at this rate, at this point. But now, we're going into Denver next week. The Giants have to go to Denver. Who cares? 
When do you reach a point where you sincerely say, I'm hardly going to pay attention to this I'm, team? I'm out. I, I, what, I, what? You're out? I'm out. You're not going to like even just uh, keep a keen eye like on the side? Like, what do you... I mean, I've never not watched the Giants game, so it's going to be tough. But I think I'm re- it's going to be really difficult. For so I'm to, saying, you're gonna, are you... Are, this, this is the real question, actually. Is it going to bother you? Like, are you going to care when they lose now? No, I actually want them to steer into the skid now. I want them to just lose out or lose as many. They're not going to lose out. They're too good of a team. They're the best zero five team ever. You know, like they're they're really, they're really really underachieving. So they're going to win a game or two here or there. But I'd like them to just lose out, get the best pick available, do what you got to do. Hope Jerry Reese. Ooh, did Jerry Reese get fired this year? He was on the hot seat two years ago and he just paid for everyone. Does Ben McAdoo get fired this year? I think you stick with Ben because it's the Giants. Does Eli Manning get fired this That's year? a question. That's a real question to ask. So I have a question to ask you about those questions, right? So <laughs> <laughs> we're going into week six. Questionception. Yeah, this is some questionception going on. We're going into week six, and I've already been hearing rumblings about the Giants basically starting to tank at this point, whether it be willing or not unwilling. Uh, that question is out there, right? So I want to ask you about that question. Is it too soon to actually talk about logistics of having, like, the number one pick if you're a Giants fan or if you're a talk show host, per se? There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of, like, one in uh, four teams out there. We're we're better than those. Because I have this feeling. The Browns are going to get that pick with the teams that they're putting out. Like, they they took a step back from last year where they competed every time. Like, that game today was against the Jets. Did you look at the line? It was, like, interception, interception, uh, fumble. Mis- yeah, fumble, punt, 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 missed field goal or something like that. I forgot what it, what it was, but it was just... It was rough, you're right, but they already have... Oh, no, they don't. They don't have a win, just kidding. But <laughs> I can see it, right? I can see it. I Maybe by the time someone's listening to this podcast, if you see it, let me know. There's going to be think pieces about the Giants getting number one pick and drafting Sam Darnold or getting number one pick and trading for offensive linemen or this and that and this and that. And I think it's going to start coming out, and I don't think it's too early to like think about it on your own time. But isn't it too early to actually say it out loud and make real pieces about no, it? No, you got to make yourself excited somehow. Dude, for people like me, we're about to go into sports hell. Like who like people who are just interested in their team. Um, I have no I'm going to have no Giants, I'm going to have no Knicks, and the Yankees are probably going to lose. I'm not going to have I'm not going to be in sport uh, have sports for me that are competitive till April. Well, so you have to start making storylines for yourself. To be, make yourself still be interested in the team. So you're cool with a think piece about Sam Donaldson I'm and the Giants. I'm fine with it. I, I, what else are you going to talk about with the Giants? What else could you possibly talk about with this team? You can't you can't beat that dead horse of they, maybe if they had no line they'd be good this year. I, what about what about Geno Smith uprising? Absolutely, I don't, don't want to hear that. <laughs> by the way, I, think I was I, kidding. By I, the way, I, 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 I need to make that clear. I just want to throw this. I think one of the first podcasts we did. I said the worst thing that they did in this offseason wasn't even their offensive line. It was losing Jonathan Hankins, and you had to lose him for the money that he got. But that run defense is not even close to what it was last year because Hankins is gone. Yeah, they really aren't the same. It's sad. I mean, Landon Collins is getting banged up. The, the, the Giants? Yeah. They're, star- they're starting to put some points on the board, you can say. But now, like you said, no Odell, no Stanley Shepard for a little bit, no Brandon Marshall. I mean... Odell, Odell might be out for a long time. Oof. Yeah, and he, he might be out for the season. That's probably, a real thing. Probably. That might be known information by the time people are listening to this. You think that affects this. the contract here? Absolutely, but I mean, he still has another year on his contract. I anyway. he was this year. Nah, that's why he was. He'll be able to extend, I believe, but okay. he still has another year. He has two years for nine million, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Well, it's swinging around the rest of the league. So before we flip on to non-New York teams, let's bring up the Jets for a second. Because joking matter or not joking matter, the Jets are going to play the Patriots in Week Six, and the winner of that game will be the sole leader of the AFC East. Ooh, fun game. Are the Patriots good? I've been playing it for like two weeks now. Are the Patriots good? Ooh, are they good? That's a good question, Alec. I don't know the answer. I mean, does they anybody know? They win a game? Is Bill Belichick a system coach? Ooh. <laughs> is, um, uh, is Giselle Bunchen a system uh, system wife? Oh, I don't know if it's you can a, say that. It's a good one. I don't think you should say that. It's, a, it's an argue. It's a debate. Embrace debate. Does Tom Brady have concussions? Ooh, no, no, no. Well, those don't exist, so. You know who does have concussions? Most of the Patriot wide receivers. <laughs> that, no, that doesn't exist. I, I, there's, Roger Goodell told me there's no proof. Oh yeah, that they exist. It's the safest time in NFL history for. So uh, <laughs> you, you questioned if the Patriots are good. Uh, can we question are the Jets good? No. Okay, there you are. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, speaking of better team than the Jets. Speaking of concussions, though, this is not a true concussion story, but it kind of is. So Devontae Adams on the Packers last week got annihilated by Trevathan. 
on the Bears, right? He deserved more of a punishment. Hey, well, he got suspended. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that right now. Okay. Devontae Adams comes back this week, plays, has a very good game, and scores the winning touchdown in Dallas. How great does that have to feel for him? I mean, he had a bunch of catches in traffic and then a huge catch to seal the game in the fourth quarter. My guy got popped last week. We thought he was out for weeks. He's back. Well, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. He's going to make that happen. This is what he does. And they have that running back now uh, by the name of Jones. What's his name? Uh, Something Jones. Paul? Adam Jones? Is that correct? Or are you just saying Adam? Pac-Man Jones. Pac-Man Jones is their, is their running back. I, I want to say it's Adam. We have technology. But, no, the, the Packers had, like, a balanced attack. Uh, they're lucky to come back the way they did. But can you call – this is actually the question. This is the question. Can you call it lucky wins when Aaron Rodgers does no. that all the time? No. He's, I, you were asking me – me and a couple friends today, if they, if they, whoever thought was going to win that game. Aaron Rodgers in, in in Dallas is a lock. He's always a lock. He's going to find ways to win that game. He's a Super, a Super Bowl MVP in that in that stadium. By the way, Paul, if you had said Aaron Jones, you would have been correct. His name is Aaron Jones. He was running very well, and they had a balanced attack. I kind of feel bad for Ty Montgomery because I think Ty Montgomery is a good player. Good little player. He's a good wide receiver. He's a good little running back. Yeah, well, and now he's hurt, and they're giving him no love. Whatever, the Packers are still good. Are they? Are they good? I think they're probably the best team in the NFC. Well, I don't know. I really like the Rams, but not. You're not going to take a rookie in the playoffs. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Another game. Jaguars dominated the Steelers. First things first. In my suicide pool, I'm sure many across the nation, the Steelers just screwed over a lot of people by losing to the Jaguars. Uh, so that's number one. And number two, Leonard Fournette had 28 carries, 181 yards. Is he good? I think he's good. Oh, oh, he's good. He had a ninety-yard touchdown. Oh, that's 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 good. How good do you have to be for a ninety-yard touchdown? Good. You got to be good to be, to be good to get a ninety-yard touchdown. That's ridiculous. It's pretty dope. Oh my god. Yeah. So that's week six, huh? In a nutshell, did we give uh, everything you need to know? In a nutshell, uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, I know they lost pretty big today, um, but he's the next big thing in the NFL. Give me your deal. That guy, that guy reads the defense. All right, so this is a game I want to play with you right now because we want to. I want to do like three more minutes of football because then we got some basketball topics to talk about, and it's going to be perfect. A little 40, 45 minute podcast. Start off your week on a Monday, Sports Blog New York podcast. How you doing? How you been? All right. Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. <laughs> Who you taking? Go. Well, Dak's really good. Um, Wait, can I stop you right now? <laughs> I need to stop you right away. Sure. Not everybody who's listening right now knows how you feel about Dak Prescott. Maybe some people do, because last time you talked about <laughs> Dak Prescott, at least four or five people specifically reached out to me and said, your friend's crazy, <laughs> and threw out garbage about Dak Prescott. How's he doing this year? Uh, he's doing good? He's, he's doing, doing good? He's doing okay. Yeah, he's doing okay, yeah. He was, he's going to get worse and worse. He's going to get worse and worse each year. He's going to be off that team in three years. Book it. Maybe two. Maybe next year. I don't know. Book it. As soon as his his contract's up, he's out. You saying no? No, Come on. they're cutting that. You guy. don't actually believe that. No, I do believe that. You're saying that to get people riled up. No, I do believe that. I do, it's I do funny believe. because he's going to be the next RG three or the next Kaepernick. Well, well, they actually had good seasons their first year um, and didn't have like crazy the best offensive line and the best running back in the game to do that. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick just had one of the best defenses in the game to do that and right. a good running but, game with Frank Gore. Okay, but the, the defense doesn't necessarily and Jim Harbaugh. The defense doesn't impact your stats as much as an offensive line and uh, that running back do. When you're throwing on third down only, uh, when you're third and three, and you're never throwing a first or second down, uh, it impacts things. So you're saying, no-brainer, no question, Deshaun Watson, I'll take him for 10 years. And I don't even know what Deshaun Watson's going to be. But I just know Dak is a bust. Book it. Wow. Book it. Cole Beasley's got to get someone else to throw to him. I want to say this. You hate hot take guys. I'm not a hot take guy. You 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 hate hot take guys. I hate that. You hate that I listen to Colin Coward. No, I don't hate you. I, I, I you hate often poke fun at him. I regurgitate Colin Coward. That's not true. <laughs> I do listen to him a lot. So I mean, if I get influenced, sometimes I get influenced. But you are a hot take guy, and you hate hot take guys. I just hate Dak. You, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people like me that they, that don't think Dak is a quarterback. We've been saying it for since he came into the league. SBNY podcast listeners, we need you right now. I'm your host, Pete Kennedy. I'm here with Alec Argento. He's spitting nonsense about Dak Prescott. He's saying he's going to be off the team. If you think Alex crazy, please tweet at me at Pete Kennedy with two Y's or at Sportblog NYC. And if you think Alex right, if you actually exist, I don't believe you do. I think he's going to be the next uh, Colin Kaepernick or the next RG3. 
Or, or someone like that. There's a million people like that. Oh flash my God. In a pen. He's a flash in a pen. So if you agree with Alec that Dak Prescott's going to become a bust and is going to be off the Cowboys or is going to lose, agree with it, lose in the league. Like I do. Oh my God. Yeah. The, the amount of confidence <laughs> that you have. Oh, he's, I, I got this. The amount of confidence you have about Dak Prescott not being a real good quarterback or oh, a franchise quarterback. And it's not just, it's not just Cowboy hate because like, I hate the Eagles more. Carson Wentz, I, I, I was wrong on Carson Wentz. I thought he was going to be a bust. He, he's a good quarterback. Give me that. Dak's just not a good quarterback. And he's a reason he was, was a fourth-round pick. Yeah. Yeah, there's a reason he was a fourth-round pick. Wow. I don't know I don't know what else to say to you. I think Dak Prescott has a bunch of really good qualities. Yeah. I don't think he's a great quarterback. So he's good at, like, scrabble and stuff. No, he's good at, you know, moving the chains. He's good at picking up little little quick runs. He's good at spreading the ball around a little bit. He doesn't have a lot of receiver What does help. he do that nobody else in the league can do? He does his job fine. And you're telling me that he's going to be off the Cowboys in a couple of years. I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have a bad season or two, and they're gonna look for the next quarterback because he's not someone who can he can't take over a, a, a team can't take over a game. You he's not a franchise quarterback. He's fine for now. He's not a franchise quarterback. Tony Romo was a franchise quarterback, whether you like him or not. And I know he made a lot of mistakes and that, you know ruined a lot of fourth quarters. But he was a franchise quarterback. He stayed around for a very long time. It was you know always he put, up, he put up numbers. I mean you know what I'm hearing you. I just hope, like, do you ever on this podcast, you've been on a whole lot of episodes by this point, do you ever on this podcast say something to, you know, get a little stir? Come on. I don't, do you think I actually do that? I don't know. So I Everything talking. I say, and I'm often, you know, I've been a lot of what you call hot takes that often ended up being right, like, uh, like the boogie trade. You did get the boogie trade right. Uh, there's a lot, I, I gotta think about it. But I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you said some things that were happening to be crazy. right. It seems crazy. It seems crazy when I say it, but I'm telling you. I hope in like four years, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are in a Super Bowl, and I could just bring in, bring up this podcast and be like, "You're an idiot." Why would you hope that you're a Giants fan? See, that's that's how I can't. You have no credibility at that point. That's a good point. But what what's big? What's more important, me being a Giant fan or me rubbing something in in your face? You being a Giant fan? This is a stupid question. <laughs> I, <laughs> what if the Giants were playing this in, in the a, NFC if Championship? If, 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 how I am as a fan, I'm the type of fan who focuses on someone on, on the rival team and just really. Hates that person. Oh, so you just admitted it that no, you're, no, no, you're picking no, no, out Dak Prescott no, 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 no. and you're saying he's that's bad because you always do that. Because I can do that. I do that on the. I, I look at a Red Sox player, right? I hated. I've hated Dustin Pedroia since he came into the league. That little rat, son of a gun. Uh, I really want to kick him in his rat teeth every time I see him. Wow. But Dustin Pedroia is a really good player. He's been a really, really good MLB player for. Uh, yeah, I bet you call. I bet you years. call them all little man hype when he came in the league. No, because he shoved he shoved his uh, his fist down our throat for a while when he first came in the league. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Yeah, no, I, I, I correct. We're family podcast. All right, fine. We got to move on. Well, just remember, please, if you're listening to this podcast right now, just let me know if 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 I'm crazy or if Alex crazy on this Dak Prescott thing. Is he or is he actually just average? I don't know. Uh, well, we're gonna have to see. Average is fine. Just let He's us not know. Average. How you feel about Dak Prescott? Let's move on. So. I have a little idea about New York basketball here. I need to preface it pretty hard, so so bear with me for a quick second, and then we're, we'll get into it. So the Knicks and the Nets are two basketball teams in the in the well, in the, in the you, NBA. I, I wouldn't call the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, it's true; they're in the NBA. So the Knicks and Nets are two New York local teams that are not going to be good this year. They don't have high playoff hopes. In fact, they have. Fringe to zero playoff hopes. And the Nets don't have their pick. And the Knicks are always a train wreck and probably something crazy is going to happen and it's going to get even worse than it already is. Right? But that being said, there's reason to be excited about NBA basketball in New York this year. And that's regarding these two teams actually having young athletic pieces to play the games. So New York's always all hype and, you know, talked about with basketball, the Garden, with the Knicks, even if they're mecca. bad, their storyline, right? The, the Mecca, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, the Stars are going to come into New York. They're going to play. The Knicks are going to be, you know, average to, to uncompetitive in the East. And the Nets are going to be average to uncompetitive in the East. But the Nets play this weird role with their pick being the Cavs. Are the Cavs going to trade it? Are the Nets going to be as bad to get them another top pick? Put that all on the side. I'm going to name some players to you, and you tell me if you're interested in watching them play to see what they can do, possibly in a new situation. So first off, mine is D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is a guy who, in his second season with the Lakers, who you can say had a really bad situation start to finish with the Lakers, has a new start 
on a bad team where he can make some mistakes. He averaged 15 points and like five assists last year. D'Angelo Russell can be a guy who takes a jump from 15, 16 points to 18, 19, 20 points playing 75 games as a premier scorer on the team this year. Are you intrigued by D'Angelo Russell? 100%. Yeah? Yeah. Would you say that NBA fans in general and Nets fans have a reason to be excited about him? Yeah, but I don't think they will be, to be honest. Yeah, really? I, I think that they should, they should be. Uh, you were saying this to me the other day. He's going into what, his junior year if he were yeah. still in college. Um, yeah. That's that's when he's you know he's gonna, I I think he's gonna he's gonna make a nice little uptick in his, in his production this year. Uh, I don't think people I think people are out on D'Angelo Russell, uh, just on like a public image type thing. Right. Nobody really cares about him anymore. He was a big thing. Now there's the Lonzos, there's the De'Arons of the world. He didn't come out doing anything crazy, and he just kind of fizzled out in, ter- in the eyes of the public. But I think he's I think he's gonna have a good year. And part of the reason why I'm getting behind this is think about some of these two picks. Two of them who stick out in my mind, who happen to have been or are currently on the New York Knicks, who were second overall picks in a draft. Derek Williams, Michael Beasley, guys who were these high picks who just didn't come out of the gate and live up to expectations. Michael Beasley is incredible. Shut your mouth. Oh, I'm very excited to have him on the Knicks. <laughs> we're going to get to him. And we're going to get to him in a minute. But guys like that, who come out as a second pick, have high expectation, do not fulfill expectation, and now they start bouncing around. Derek Williams, I mean, he's been on... The Timberwolves, the Knicks, the Cavs, uh, the Kings. Like, he's been on so many teams, and he's never panned out. D'Angelo Russell is a guy who's been on one team with easy arguments to say why it was a bad situation for him. Number one, his rookie year was Kobe's last year, which was a shit show. Byron Scott was possibly the worst coach in the league, so that didn't help him. Then second year, the Lakers were horrible. He showed some signs, but was kind of a little immature here and there. And you would expect him to take that leap in year three and four, when he grows into a real man's body, right? And mindset, and then and, and give me a weird look when I yeah, say body. Yeah, uh, <laughs> man. Like, this is his year to take a step forward, and you say, oh, this guy could be a franchise point guard. And this is the year he's going to score 20 points. Did they get, did they get a pick with that, with, with that trade? No. They didn't? They just got to play in Moscow? Yeah, and they got rid of the Rob Lopez. So that's Gangelo's number one. I think he's a reason to be excited. Fresh start for him. Fresh start for the Nets. The Nets got to take any good players they can, and they have to win as many games as they can because they don't have their pick anyway. One hundred percent. So just play hard. I, I've been saying that since they, since that Cavs trade. They have the opportunity to make that Cavs trade look really bad. You know, if, if it, you know, if he's really hurt, which it seems there's a good chance he might be. I, I'm, you know, I'm already down on him, but you know, if if he's hurt on top of that, and as well as uh, you know. This pick being bad, yeah, that's a bad situation for the Cavs because we all. I mean, most people would would think that LeBron's leaving after this year, anyway. So. Absolutely. So let's move on back to the Knicks, and we're gonna hop back and forth between the Knicks and Nets. Reasons sure. why there's still reason to be excited about NBA basketball in New York. Reason I'm gonna skip Porzingis, right? It's obvious. We get to watch Porzingis when he plays for the Knicks. That's awesome. Skip that. The Knicks as a whole can carry interest in a season for the first 20 games just by being the Knicks. Right, whether they're winning or losing, people will be interested. Are they coming out hot? They're coming out slow? Do they stink like we thought? Twenty games, right? After that, it can get a little shaky. Here's another reason why the Knicks are interesting. Frank Nealakina, perhaps, became the most unknown quantity in this draft of stacked guards and a lot of star potential. Frank Nealakina hasn't played many preseason games. He's a little banged up, but if you're a Knicks fan and you're not excited to see what this guy has to offer. In age nineteen and twenty, you're crazy. Is Frank Nealakina interesting? Yeah, but I don't think he's going to be someone that's going to be nationally interesting ever. I'm talking about New York basketball. Yeah, no, but I, I, he's he's not what, what he does. Most likely won't show up on the stat sheet anyway. Mm. So you know, it's not he's not going to be a flash guy. He's you know, if if you're not excited about hopefully good defense, uh, you know, and, and and facilitation, you're not really going to be interested in him. I am. I'm a Knicks fan. Why would I not be interested in to see what the you know was the ninth pick overall this year? Um, but I don't think he's going to be a nationally covered guy. I also think that uh, uh, there's a chance he you know he's like a rookie of the year contender just because he's going to be getting a lot of minutes if he's starting and uh, you know getting a lot of action. You really see what he does. And he's going to be the guy there. Yeah, I mean, I always I always mention this guy. He's one of my favorite basketball writers, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. Uh, does the podcast for them as well. He wrote a Dark Horse Rookie of the Year article, right? So it included the likes of people who were picked a little later versus just someone you don't think about. And one of the four people he mentioned and highlighted was Frankie Lakina. Because he's so unknown, <coughs> I think he can pull that effect. You remember when KP first came? 
yeah, he had the little Orlando Summer League where you saw him do some things and it made you excited, but no one cares about Orlando Summer League. Not even like Vegas or Utah Summer League. Right. So no one really cared. And then he came in and put down a putback dunk. And we were like, whoa, this guy can bang threes and do that? Well, we got to tune in for him. And he, and he carried and he carried hype for a good chunk of that year until they were truly out of it. If Frank Nielakina can come out in the first couple games, in the first week or so of the season, and, you know, throw down a dunk or throw an around-the-back pass to Porzingis for, like a, like, a couple signature plays in his first week will just burst eyeballs onto him I don't being on the Knicks. I don't think he does, though. You don't think he has that in no, him? No, not yet. I think, I think he... It's understood he's a project. I mean, even just since he's been drafted, he's been working on a lot of stuff. I mean, his, his jumper looks completely different than it did when he first uh, was drafted. A little bit. I don't know. I'm see, keeping, an, see, keeping an eye on it. A, a lot, lot quicker laterally. It looks too. smooth. Yeah. Which, his it, jump it, shot it, looks smooth. Which it didn't before. You know, in his first preseason game, he shot like one of eight. You know, we're not going to take too much out of yeah, preseason. But he looked confident shooting the ball, and that's a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm intrigued. I think, I think there's some league intrigue outside of New York. Minimal, like yeah. NBA nerds. But in New York, I think there will be hype, especially if he has a few signature rookie moments. I don't think there's a lot of hype outs. I think Lonzo Ball is pretty much taking up every bit of rookie hype there is. For oh my god, it's fantastic! It's, it's crazy though. I mean, like you know, even Mark, I, I've barely seen anything about Mark. The, Waltz. I'm telling you this, and I've been telling, I've been on this train for a long time. The Ben Simmons hype is slowly starting, and it will continue to to tick up. Yeah. Oh yes. Absolutely. Every, Dave, everyone forgot about him. David Fisdale, the coach of the Grizzlies, the guy who won't get rooked. You ain't gonna rook us in that great post game speech last year. He said that guy's gonna be a problem. I do not want to be seeing him for the next fifteen years, and I couldn't agree more. He has this uncanny ability to be so close to the hoop and change his his trajectory and make a pass for an easy dunk. It's spectacular. All right, let's get back to the Nets. I'm gonna name a man who has a little controversy, but can play basketball when he's on the court. And Jeremy Lin, if he can play, if he can play sixty five games this year. With D'Angelo Russell, I can almost guarantee you the Nets are better than the Knicks. What's his role though? They're starter, they, or starter, or bench player. They start. They're, they're going to start next to each other, in my opinion. See, you need, I think Jeremy Lin is an incredible bench talent, a below average starter. I I think his role is on the bench. I I, look, I just always base this off of what he did at his peak when he, when he was at his best outside of Linsanity was in Charlotte. And he played great off the bench, and he and he got a lot of minutes. He wasn't getting bench minutes; he was getting starter minutes yeah. off the bench. But he played with that second unit, and he carried it and, uh, along with uh, uh, what's his name, Patum. Yeah, uh, that that was a good uh, that was a good system for him, and I think that's where he belongs. Well, do you know the stat with Jeremy Lin from last year? Uh, there's a lot of stats, guy. The the one that means the most to me. So Jeremy Lin played only 31 games last year. Very small number, right there. 31 in the games that Jeremy Lin played. The Nets won 14. So they were just a hair under 500 with Jeremy Lin. Was those garbage time, though? Was he, play, was he playing at the end of the year? Did he come back? Yes, he did. So was that garbage time, though? It, it doesn't matter for the Nets. It doesn't matter. No, they it matters nothing. for other teams. Yeah, it depends. It depends. Because what if they're playing a team that's still in it? it you know? Fair. But just straight numbers. He played 31 games. They won 14 <laughs> of them. They only had, like, 22 wins. Which means they won almost half. Well, if it was 22, it might have been 26 wins they had last year. Whatever. They won near half of their games in a 30-game stretch with Jeremy Lin on the court. Now, do you think that's Jeremy Lin being responsible for it or having a competent point guard? If you actually watch him play basketball, if you watch the Nets when he's on the court, he does a lot of really good things on this court. And I think him and D'Angelo Russell work together because they both can do both. They right. both can be play ones the and they ball. both can be twos a little bit. And that's why I'm excited to watch them, them play. I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic. I think they're going to be a, at least... Do you think they're semi interesting? Do you think they're a more exciting team or a less exciting team than the Knicks? I think I, I all right. So the Knicks and Nets played on Sunday night. Right. The Nets annihilated the Knicks in the preseason game. Now it is a preseason game. Frankie Nicotine didn't play, and who may not get a lot of minutes? Who may? But the Knicks have this thing with them where they can't stop anybody. The Knicks are going to give up 120 points a game. Like it's going to be absurd how many points they give up. And Brooklyn showed that, dropping like 120 easily, mm-hmm. draining open threes all day. Alan Crabb came in the game and shot four out of five like off the bat. Alan Crabb's going to have a good year. Another reason, the Nets have these little guys now. They're going to have a good year. Where they were just below average for the past couple of years, they're now average. Mm-hmm. Like they used to have, uh, they used to throw out 
Quincy AC. I'm trying to think. Well, they still have Quincy AC. But, like, last year where they would only throw out Joe Harris, who's, like, a little shooter, average, bad player. Now they have Alan Crabb and Damari Carroll, who are real NBA players. Like, yeah. the Nets have NBA players all across their roster yeah. now. Kind of like the Knicks, which is why they're both going to be 32 win teams. Yeah. If they're lucky. Best case scenario, uh, best case scenario, Knicks lose out and, and the Nets, lose, like, you know, win out. But, uh, fine. I don't think they're both the same level. And I don't know which way it leans, but I think one of them is going to be a tick better than the other, and I just I have no confidence in either team to tell you which one it's going to be. Yeah, it really. I, is. I don't it think is it's tough. The thing is with, with with the Nets, they're not they have no flash to them. I don't think, and there's no flash on the team flash whatsoever. There. Knicks have some flash on there. You're gonna, they're going to have some highlight players. You know, you're going to you, obviously you have KP. You're always going to have some highlights with him. Some Hardaway can get you some some yeah. some nice plays a game. So my next two guys I was going to bring up, you just mentioned Sorry. one of them. No, it's fine. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Willie Hernan Gomez are two guys I want to highlight. <clears throat> These are the reasons. They both come off good second halves where they actually gained national recognition for what they were doing on the basketball court. Willie Hernan was a, uh, was a rookie. No one knew what to expect. He actually ended up making the second all-rookie all second team. He became a solid NBA player last year, expecting more out of him. Tim Hardaway Jr. gained real not- notoriety when he started – uh, when he became the starter for the Hawks last year, he played meaningful minutes. He scored meaningful buckets for them, averaging 15 points a game in the second half. He now got this huge contract. Because of that contract, because of he being possibly the 1A, 1B scorer on the Knicks, he's going to get talked about, and he looks like he's ready to take on the challenge. No, I, I think Tim Hardaway has a good season this season. Um, Willie, I'm really... I don't know what to expect out of him just because there's such a logjam at the bigs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where his role fits. I don't know where Eunice Canada's role fits. Joachim Noah's going to be a bench player. He's going to get minutes. I mean, what, what he plays. He's suspended for the first 20 or 12, 15, 12, 12 or whatever. Like but regardless, you know, there's, there's 70 more games and he's, they're going to give him minutes. And Kylo Quinn. Kylo Quinn. They, they got to make some trades at the deadline, I think, just to, just to alleviate some of the pressure and maybe get a couple more assets in there uh, in the future, some projects. But, I don't know where he's going to fit into it. Tim Hardaway is going to... I think he's actually going to get more touches. Than, I think he's going to have a better season than KP does. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I Relative? Think, I, I, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I'm not saying either of them... You know, he, KP scores 26. Right, 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 right. I just think that he's going to take a lot of the touches away from KP. And that though, might be a good thing. Yeah, I think so. I don't think KP should be the star on the team. I, I don't think that that's his... He, he's a really, really good two, but he needs pressure taken off him because he doesn't create a shot as well as other people do. One thing you Tim need Ken. to stay woke on Chris Porzingis <laughs> with, and I'm being totally legit, you got to stay woke on this, he is not much of a passer. And it's oh, not that he can't pass, it's that he often doesn't. So he uh, averaged like one and a half assists, which is very low. He's going to be getting a lot of double teams this year. Right. And that's what he has to watch out on. He has to learn how to kick but out he, of double but teams. But he, he, he does have an advantage in how tall he is. I mean, you know, in how long his arms are, he can, he can reach over people to... to, to oh, absolutely. Nice absolutely. So he, has the, he should have the ability to do it, just whether or not he wants to. So stay woke on that, for real. All right, so here's my last thing on the Knicks and why they're interesting. And then we can just uh, BS and close out. So this is the last reason why the Knicks are going to be fun. So we have two characters on the New York Knicks this year who will be quotable and will be outrageous and may be very good and very bad on the basketball court Who's the multiple times throughout this year. That's Enos Cantor and Michael Beasley. Oh, yeah. Michael Beasley is a guy who was a top, top two pick in the draft, left the league and played in China, has been wearing a watch on his ankle, <laughs> saying about 11% of the brain. He's an absolute quote machine. He can also score the basketball. He can also be completely unfocused on defense. He also thinks he's the lefty Carmelo Anthony. Is he the, is, he's going to be outrageous in New York. Is he better or worse, just in a general sense, than JR for this team? Like actual on court? No, everything. Oh, no. You can't be <laughs> JR. JR was so fun to watch and so fun to watch what he also he did like you know on and off the court. Like JR was incredible for the, for this city. He was absolutely electric anytime he did anything. And he had a pretty similar trajectory as, as Beasley. Went to China. Yeah. Uh, came wow. back. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, I, we're off to a hot start with him. I don't know anything about Enos Cantor. So this is why I was talking about Enos Cantor. Enos Cantor is, is, is non-American funny, which is like... Act, uh, which is like athlete funny, which is fake funny. Yeah. So I, he gets I, a lot of chuckles because he's Turkish. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Beasley's funny. <laughs> Beasley's hilarious. But Enos Kander, why I said he's going to be a circus is because he kind of he kind of says whatever the hell's on his mind. So like when he did his departure video 
from OKC. He did a little minute Twitter video right. saying thank saw, you, yeah. excited, whatever. And he he like he ended that video by saying, "And please, just somebody beat the Warriors." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Enos Kanter is one of the few people in the league who would say some dumb shit like that. <laughs> like actually just say that out loud on their own Twitter. It, it, it's pretty funny to me, and I think with the New York media, he's gonna say some stupid things that he shouldn't, some funny things, and some straight up real stuff. I'm, he's gonna say real shit sometimes. I, too. I'm looking for the next Derek Jeter in terms of. I always say this, Derek Jeter was an asshole to the media all the time, but he was so like revered by everyone, he got away with it. I'm looking for the next Jeter that people don't realize that he's being an asshole the entire time he's speaking with you, and he does not like you. Does KP have a chance? No, KP doesn't have it because KP KP is too like lovable. Derek Jeter wasn't really lovable. He was just like respected. By I want to see like Savage KP. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, the... I want to. That's what he wants. Derek Jeter maybe... Savage. I want to see the next Savage. Maybe guy. not the same trajectory of Kevin Durant. Actually, hopefully not the same trajectory of Kevin Durant. But you know how he kind of just like started saying anything he wanted, and not caring about the media. And Except anything? that he did care because he would make Twitter accounts. Right, right, right. But he started. A- that's what I'm saying. Not the same trajectory. Yeah, but like <laughs> how he started acting like that. Yeah. If KP starts being like a sarcastic prick to the media, I will, I'll get behind he, him even more. He, he get he can get away with it. I don't think he will though. You're 100 right. He's got that. He's got that photo that he can get away with it, but he won't. I don't think. Well, he just gives that side eye look, like, get out of here. Yeah, like the Marshawn Lynch <laughs> a little bit. You know, like the little cockiness and, and and knows he can get away with it. Yeah. Oh, it'd be great. I'm looking for the next guy. We need it. All right. So this is not interesting, but the last thing I want to talk about. I'm gonna do two minutes. What do you expect from Jeff Hornacek? <sighs> I don't know. I'd like to see what I, we got out of the Suns, right? Um, he doesn't have the guard. I, I don't think this with the personnel he has right now is conducive towards his type of play. Um, he doesn't have a lot of quickness uh, in, in guards or anything, but he does tend to get the best out of younger players. Um, and if everyone can buy into the system and you know just make the pieces work, I, I think he has a good you know good coaching year, which just means you know improving on everything you did you, you did last year. Look so. like a better basketball team, yeah. compete in more games. I want to see defense this year. Not saying you have to be a defensive powerhouse. Right. I want to see you eff- put effort on every you know every possession. Well, let me tell you this. Works or not. They're going to be really bad on defense. No, but that's not what I don't mean like numbers-wise. I yeah. mean, I want it's an eye test thing. I want to see everyone out there Playing, competing yeah. on the defensive end. Yeah, that's all I care about. If if you could do that, you can consider this year a success. So this is you think yeah, I I got to think he's got free range for the season. Yeah. to work it out and he'll be back next year. I, I would tend to agree. I'm going to say this based off of what I've watched in the next preseason. I think they're going to be able to score points, <laughs> but they are going to give up a whole lot of points too. Good, it'll be entertaining. Yeah, a whole lot of high scoring games in the garden. Hopefully, we'll be checking them out. We will get some people on the rookie team. That's it. Hopefully, we get Frankie Nicotine on the whole rookie squad. That'd be tough. It's a loaded class for him this year. I'm, I'm looking for Damian Dotson. I want him to be. Dope. He that guy Schwabs. Everyone loves Damian Dotson. He's like the next new Colt. He's in the, the new Ron Baker. The Ron Baker still Ron. Yeah, Ron Baker still Ron Baker. That's a good point. Well, <laughs> anyway, this is all we got for the SB on my podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review of this fine program. Uh, my name is Pete Kennedy. Peace, Alec. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> have a good week. Enjoy the Yankees tonight. Wild card game. And we have two episodes of NBA Outsiders over-unders on the year for every team, East and West. They're coming soon. Stay tuned. SBNY Podcast.